The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Six minutes after one o'clock, a beautiful Sunday out there. It's a hot one. It's a, it's a sunny one, so get out and enjoy it and keep us uh, keep us nearby. If you have any questions this afternoon over the next hour for John Pincus, uh, feel free to call in. It is a live show, as always, here. 416-870-6400 is the way. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to get to the email address. Coming up on the show over the next hour, what you need to know about employment agreements and being let go from your job without even realizing. How about that? Any questions above the following points? Like I said, bring them on. 416-870-6400. Live call-in show. It's all about you. And, uh, John, pal, you got a couple things first off the top to discuss for the uh, the week that was. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, happy Father's Day to everyone listening. And, yeah, you too. Uh, yep. Thank you, and, and you too, and, and hope everyone's uh, spending time with uh, their families today. Uh, but, the, of course, today we're going to be talking about employment law and workplace situations. And so if you or, or, or your father or anyone in your family happens to have uh, a situation that uh, may need uh, some addressing, then give us a shout. We're, we're here to talk and uh, start off with some situations that uh, hopefully some people will be able to relate to. Um, so the first situation involves someone who's working as a software engineer at a bit about a medium-sized company, and I'll just say southwestern Ontario. Uh, this person had been working there for about 25 years and was still using a program that had become fairly out of date since that time. So it was pretty obsolete. So he was typically, uh, throughout his employment, he had about one or two people reporting to him, and the company decided that it just couldn't justify keeping him in that role and the salary that he was on, which was fairly high especially when it had pretty younger, much less expensive new graduates uh, who were more familiar with the newer software that the, that the company was using. So they decided they were going to tell him, okay, employee, uh, we're going to have to end your position, but don't worry, we're not, we're not dismissing you. All we're going to do is we're going to put you in a new position. So now you're going to be working as a junior software engineer, and uh, you're going to be earning 75% of what you were earning before. And those people who used to report to you, you're now reporting to them, and they're going to train you, yeah, right, on the new software. And again, they said, but don't worry, you're still our employee, we still value you, all your years of service will carry over, your benefits, your vacation everything else will be the same. Well, quite understandably, uh, this person really had no interest in doing that. And so he said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm, I'm actually fine in the job that I'm in right now. To which they said, oh, actually, no, this isn't your choice. This is your new job. Before you know it, his payroll's coming in at 75%, and he's being directed to report to one of the people who used to report to him, uh, one of uh, which uh, who's, who's been only there four years. So it doesn't take him very long to decide that this is not something that he wants to do. So first of all, he's learning, he's earning less money. And even worse, it's pretty humiliating. So he came to me saying that he wanted to treat this as a constructive dismissal. And what I told him, of course, is absolutely this is a compelling case for constructive dismissal. You know, quite frankly, the change in having to report to someone who used to report to him and the humiliation of being treated as a, you know, quote unquote junior employee probably in and of itself would have been more than enough. The drop in his salary was really just the icing on the cake. So we're, we're working with him to treat his employ employment as constructively dismissed. And this is someone who's going to be owed at least 20 months of his pay, if not more. 
Uh, so coming to us was certainly the right decision. So just a very good reminder for anyone out there that if your employer makes changes to your position, you absolutely should discuss it with an employment lawyer. And remember to do so before you leave your job, before you make any decisions. Because if the circumstances here had been different, I may have actually been telling this individual, you know what, this is going to be a voluntary resignation. So you, you may not want to consider leaving. You may want to consider a different course of action. So please, if you're considering a, constr a constructive dismissal, don't do anything until you speak with an employment lawyer. By the way, to reach out to uh, to John anytime, we're not on the air, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's take one break, quick break here. We're going to get back to your other week that was, and then we're going to move on to our topics of the day. And uh, now is time to uh, grab a phone, 416-870-6400. You have employment, job concerns, whether you're heading back to work from COVID-19 or otherwise, bring it on, 416-870-6400, Employment Law Show. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is a 114. Yeah, right back at it. Time for you to call in. Got plenty of it. 416-870-6400. Employment concerns on a Sunday afternoon. Could be a good time to get them sorted, at least uh, get some uh, some quick pointers anyway. 416-870-6400 into our uh, what you need to know about employment agreements here momentarily. But uh, your second uh, week that was, uh, second concern going on, John, what is it? Yeah, John, so the second situation is a little more simple. Uh, this one involved a 60-year-old manager with eight-year service employed for a large sort of enterprise-level organization, which was hit with uh, some fairly major restructuring shortly after COVID-19 hit hard. Now, he was only offered his minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, which was uh, just, just under four months' pay. And so, uh, and he was told by his employer that was all he was going to get. Well, finally, after a few months, he said, just to be sure, I, sh I should contact a lawyer. I, I should look into this. And it was a good thing he did. Uh, I got on the phone with him and asked him to send me his employment agreement, the one that his employer had referenced uh, explicitly in the termination letter. And I looked through it, and after about two minutes, I told him, uh, this termination of employment provision that they're relying on is actually completely illegal, completely unenforceable, and you are owed much more than what you've been offered. For, for context, this is someone, again, who's paid less than four months of his pay. I'd say he's owed at least 10 months pay, and he was a high-earning individual, so this is going to make a huge, huge difference for him. So this is very, very important uh, for two reasons for any employees who are listening. Number one, because if you are let go and your employer relies on a termination clause, uh, there is always a, a chance, I'll say even a fairly good chance uh, that that termination clause is not going to limit your entitlements. Um, and for anyone who is in employment right now and being asked to sign a new uh, employment agreement, uh, which a lot of employers are going to be doing right now, you really have to be careful about that. Do not sign it until you speak to an employment lawyer. It is absolutely crucial that you understand what you're signing before you do that. Again, to reach out, one 821 5900 anytime we're not on the air. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, wonderful resource uh, website. Again, free, absolutely anonymous, and there's all kinds of information to be had. Plus, there is contact at the top right if you care to go down that route any further. What you need to know about employment agreements, the list could be endless, but you've uh, whittled it down to a few points. The big one right off the top is why are, why are they so important? 
Well, the the example I gave just now is a, is a great illustration of, of why I think they are so employment uh, so important uh, to your employment. Other than setting out your compensation, your hours, obviously these are the things that your eye will first sort of draw your attention to, but it also lays out all the rules that are going to govern your job, and this could include a variety of provisions that could significantly, significantly impact your rights. And typically, if they impact your rights, it is to restrict your rights or to place obligations on you, not to grant you rights and grant you obli uh, obligations or, or and entitlements. Because typically, when you get your job, the employer says, your job, that's what we're giving you. Your salary, that's what you're giving you, we're giving you. Mm -hmm. And this employment agreement, these are all the things we need from you in exchange. These are all your duties, uh, but here's all the restrictions and here's all the rights we want to have. And that can include the right to place you on a layoff, the right to change your job, uh, and a termination clause. And once you sign on it, you are locked in. You can't really, you can't get out of it unless you negotiate a new employment agreement. Uh, so this is something that you really have to pay attention to at the beginning. Don't assume that you're just going to deal with it later. It is 117. You have time to call in, ask your questions here, 416-870-6400, if only for interest or on behalf of someone else, a friend or a family member, no problem, 416-870-6400. What you need to know about employment agreements, if I were to walk down the street and talk to 100 people and say you're starting a new job, you have a choice of a handshake deal or a nice fat 10-page agreement as to what it is to work for this company that you're about to join. What would you prefer? I bet you 99 people would say, oh, no, no, I want a, I want an ironclad 10-page agreement. But you would disagree, correct? I would, and, and I think that that's a good bet, John. I think that most people would say, I want the 10-page agreement. And, in fact, I have people coming to me uh, now and again who say, you know, I keep asking my employer for an agreement, and they won't give me one. Uh, what should I do? And my answer is, well, you should probably stop asking uh, because you're probably in a better position. I mean, depending what you're asking for. I mean, if you're asking for a 10-year fixed-term contract with no right of early termination, hey, uh, good on you, right? But most yeah. people, they're looking for just what they consider a standard employment agreement, and for those people, it, it doesn't make sense really to, to have one. If you have a handshake, then the law already takes care of your rights. Uh, the law grants you by default all the rights. It grants you the rights to have reasonable notice of termination or to have severance pay. Uh, it gives you the right to freely compete with your employer uh, for most positions. Again, not all positions, but the vast majority of positions, uh, unless you are the face of the company, uh, you are going to have the right to compete with them freely. And if you did negotiate this agreement yourself and it's just being presented to you, then your interests aren't being accounted for. The employer's interests are being accounted for. That's why they draft it. So again, unless you are in a very unusual situation, if you've negotiated, for instance, some uh, very uh, lucrative bonus arrangement or, or some fixed term, uh, if you're just wanting an employment agreement just for the sake of having an employment agreement, that's not a good reason to have it. Uh, so just make sure that, that uh, you know what you're getting into before you have your employer draw up one of these yeah it's interesting if you just kind of look at it like you know at the beginning is all of your rights and then you go down through a funnel there's several filters what comes out the bottom end is your employment agreement you want to be at the top where nothing's been filtered out you want you want the full the full monty man because whatever comes out the bottom end is definitely advantageous to your employer regardless of how many pages it is generally, right? You're better to go on a handshake. Right. Well, unless it's one page, right? If you have one page that says, here's your salary, here's your benefits, and here's your start yep. date, great. That's a great employment agreement. Um, <laughs> those those are for, for you as an employee, uh, that's the best time. For you as an employer, not so great. Uh, so just make sure that you, know, you understand how these negotiations work. Typically, as an employee, you're trying to make it shorter. As an employer, you're trying to make it longer. That's, that, generally speaking, is how it typically goes. 
We'll take a quick break here. Get your phone calls. Joe, I see you there. Hang on. We'll get to your phone call, and you have time as well. 416-870-6400, Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 123 on a lovely Sunday afternoon. Glad you're joining us. 416-870-6400 is the number you want to use, as always, to call through, ask your questions, get her done. Joe, thanks for uh, thanks uh, for hanging on through the break. Joe, how are you, pal? Not bad. How are you? Beauty. What, uh, what's on your mind? Well, uh, I'm looking at my anniversary date. Uh, I have uh, since taken the package. Uh, I was at this company for uh, 35 years. Wow. And... Uh, and I knew that uh, I started in the summertime, but I was on uh, what they call district. And then from uh, district, I went over to uh, to um, to cable, which is a uh, different uh, side of the company. And I transferred in the wintertime. So I'm losing about, I don't know, eight months of service because the it's the wrong anniversary date. How would I rectify that? So, Joe, just so I understand, you say you've taken a severance package. Have you signed a release, or have you been offered a severance package? Uh, well, it was one of these things is uh, you know too good to pass up. So it was it, it happened um, happened so fast, and um, you know it wasn't something that was offered company wide. Mm-hmm. It was uh, because I was uh, the senior on the crew, and they wanted to get a guy uh, out of Toronto and uh, out to uh, to my area, and this was the only way they could do it. So it was and, like a sweetheart deal, and, and I took it. Right. And how much were you offered, Joe? What, with the severance? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was a package deal. Uh, they gave me a year, and then, of course, I was, uh, I was on mm-hmm. benefits. Or not benefits. Then I get a monthly check after that. Okay. And you, and you signed a release for that? Right. But my question is, I'm, I'm entitled to uh, to the first uh, eight months of service that I'm not getting credit for, so that would increase my pension. That's my whole point. Right. Well, well, Joe, um, certainly if you want to discuss this further, you you can give us a call. But I, I'm not terribly optimistic we'd be able to do anything for you because if you've signed a release, and again we have to take a look at it to see what it says, and and maybe it doesn't uh, cover the issue you're stating. I I very much doubt it. Um, I think that it probably does cover that issue. But this is and this is very important for anyone I think who's listening. Um, when you sign a release, um, it it really is final. Um, you cannot go back to the company for anything, uh, typically for anything relating to your employment. Now, of course, it would depend how the release is worded, but I would be very surprised, um, even though I'd have to see this one for sure, I'd be very surprised to see that um, anything relating to your employment, including your pension, was not covered by that release. And if that's the case, as I would say there's an extremely high chance that it is, then um, that's going to be there's not going to be any remedies you're going to have uh, against the company because uh, their obligations are only those that are set out in whatever agreement you sign. So unless there is something in that agreement that they have not complied with, uh, then there's no way to enforce any entitlements over and above uh, what's in that um, uh, what's in that release. But the anniversary date's incorrect. 
the anniversary date may be incorrect, uh, but uh, but again, if it's it's difficult to see how you would um, take uh, take legal action against them if they refuse to comply, right? So they could say that part of the deal was that you agreed to a uh, particular anniversary date. Now, I think the first thing that you should do in this circumstance is simply contact the employer, let them know my anniversary date's incorrect and it's affected my pension, and see what they'll do. And hopefully, in good faith, uh, they will uh, amend that and they will adjust it. But if they don't, um, and you want to seek uh, further entitlements, again, unless there's something they didn't comply with in that agreement, the purpose of that full and final release is that that there cannot be any more disagreements. That that's it. That uh, they comply with what's in the settlement agreement that you sign, and they pay that out, and that will complete their full obligations to you. So, uh, if you want to look into this further, definitely get in contact with us. Send us that release agreement, and we'll see and, and the settlement agreement, and and perhaps there's some way we can uh, argue that it was implicit in that settlement agreement that they would uh, acknowledge your actual dates of service. So I I, I wouldn't necessarily give on up on it yet. Um, but I'm not optimistic if you've signed a release and if the company's not being cooperative, there's probably not a whole lot that can be done here. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that call. I think, and one of the things I think he kind of slipped in there was, and, and again, I guess it would be all based on, on what was put in that agreement, that package that he signed, but he said a 35-year guy, he got a year's severance. That's about 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah, I mean, you know, for someone perhaps who was who was about to find a new job elsewhere, maybe that's a deal that would have made sense. But certainly after 35 years, I would expect his entitlements, even uh, without knowing more about his job, certainly could be up to the uh, two-year mark uh, easily. Right. Uh, so this is this is a, a very important lesson uh, for people who go and negotiate severance packages on their own. This is the danger of doing it without a lawyer. First of all, you may accept a fraction of your entitlements, uh, which could be tens of thousands of dollars, or for some people, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, and you may also agree to terms uh, that you don't understand at the time, which can be really, uh, really deadly. Now, hopefully for Joe, hopefully there's something in that agreement that we would be able to salvage to get his pension adjusted. And I would hope that in this case, the, the employer would say, you know what, we made a mistake. We had your, your service date wrong, so we'll, we'll change that. But in the face of a full and final release, uh, that, that, that could be very tough. So you have to be really careful before you sign one of those. Uh, Jay, uh, Joe, rather, yeah, you know what, send it along and contact John for sure, at least to have a have a glance at it. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Joe is the email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And to reach out to John on the phone, one 855 We'll get back to your phone calls and what you need to know about employment agreements after a short break. It is uh, 129, moving on out, 416-870-6400. More of the Employment Law Show is on the way. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And at 131, still time for you to make that phone call like Joe. Get smart. It is uh, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. In between that time, though, we're going back to what you need to know about employment agreements. Um, 
before it gets to the point where you've signed something away and you may be getting 50 cents on the dollar and there's nothing you can do about it afterwards because it's water under the bridge, what should employees watch out for when signing agreements? This is before you've stepped in the door for your first day of work, right? What do you think? That's right. The biggest uh, one is going to be termination clauses. And this is something that I really want to make sure that everyone who's listening understands. And this, this actually has... A, a relevance to something that's happened this week. Um, and this week there was a court decision that has uh, very potentially changed uh, the entitlements of a lot of employees who are currently under employment agreements. So I think what you're going to see in the coming months and the coming years more and more is a lot of employers going up to people who have employment right now saying, hey, sign this new employment agreement. Uh, we just want to update our files. And actually, here's we're going to give you a bonus for it. Here's a $500 or $1,000 bonus. What they're trying to do is fix an illegal termination clause. What they're trying to do very likely is they are saying, we have a termination clause that now the courts have said is illegal. We now want to fix that and put one that is legal uh, that is going to change your entitlements. So before you sign that, you really have to speak to an employment lawyer and termination clauses are the biggest thing that you need to look out for. But they're not the only thing. Uh, the other thing that you need to look out for are non-competition clauses. So non-competition clauses may prevent you from working in the industry for a year uh, or, or more. So consider how that might work together with a uh, termination of employment clause. So you've been, let's say you've been recruited somewhere. You've been recruited from somewhere where you worked for 10 years. Now you're working here uh, at this new job where they can let you go after one year with two weeks notice. But not only do they do that, not only do they let you, do they terminate your employment with two weeks notice, they also say, now that you've started working for us and you've been working for us for a year, for the next year, you can't work in the industry. So you can't go back right. to the company you're just working at, and you can't work at any other industry. That's a disaster, right? So you have to really pay attention to these things. Uh, termination clauses and non-competition clauses together can be very, uh, very onerous for employees and put you in a terrible situation. So please do watch out for those. Uh, another thing that you want to watch out for is a temporary layoff clause, uh, giving your employer the right to place you on a temporary layoff, which, of course, is very relevant to a lot of people right now yep. uh, during COVID. Uh, um, and finally, uh, one that I would uh, like to raise for people is sometimes an employer gives themselves the rights to change your hours, change your place of work, change your duties. Uh, that's another thing to look, look out for. And, and this is just a, a sort of a truncated list here, right? There are more. Um, so if you're, if you're really in doubt, if you're faced with one of those 10-page agreements, the safest thing to do is actually to have a lawyer go through it with you clause by clause so you understand everything. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, have a lawyer go through it with you, which is, of, of course, you should do no matter what. Always a wise thing to do. And if you have one, by the way, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca if you want John to have a look at it. We'll get back to more of those points. I want to move on to, to Ceylon. Ceylon, how are you, man? Oh, my goodness. I am not very What's happy up? today. I'm okay, not... tell us. I have uh, two questions that I'd like to ask. Okay, go ahead. I, I knew I dropped the ball by signing off my uh, employment in 19... 19- 97, I went to Nob Hill Farm and bought three blockage for my heart, triple bypass surgery. Two was partially, was fully blocked, one was partially. Then through the process, went back to work too early, and it was like, you would not believe. Anyways, eventually it was decided that I couldn't work there anymore, and I didn't want to. So they decided they're going to give me a package. The union and the workplace, they combine. And some things that went down, my brother, you will not imagine. I will bet you I'll bring up a case to you that you 
probably never heard of in a long time. Anyways, after I signed up, I went to see this lawyer. He said, Jesus, my son, why did you not go and even get a legal aid lawyer to look over these papers? Anyways, I I decided, I said, no, I'm not taking this like that. I went to the Human Rights Board. And I sit down and I spoke with, they said, oh, no. No, no, not because you signed off already. No, this is not supposed to happen. Well, mm-hmm. it was one bright morning or night, the Human Rights Board said, yes, you have a case. Mr. Big, big lawyer for the union, Mr. Large lawyer for the company. They did not sleep very well that night when the Human Rights Board drove to their office and handed them... So what happened? What what eventually happened? Where are you now? Well, eventually... (laughs) I lost everything. I didn't get what I didn't get my pay. One year and something, I was working. I didn't get no mm-hmm. pay. Mm-hmm. This is nineteen ninety seven. Huh? This is in nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Right. You unionize. Okay. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of reasons why there's. I mean, there's nothing that uh, certainly nothing that can be done now, and and potentially nothing that could have been done at the time. So the first thing is that if you're a unionized employee, generally speaking, you can't be represented by a lawyer for wrongful dismissal issues. Now, you still have the right to go to the Human Rights Tribunal, as you pointed out. You don't need a union to go to the Human Rights Tribunal, but that has a one-year limitation date from the day that it happens. And if you sign off on a release, then you can't do any of those things anyway. So this is an important... uh, We're just getting a lot of uh, important lessons, I think, for our listeners in terms of uh, how to not be in the position of of having hindsight, right? Don't wait more than two years to deal with a severance issue. Don't wait more than one year to deal with a human rights issue. In fact, ideally don't wait at all for either of those. Um, If you're in a union, make sure that you know you have to go to your union representative, uh, not a lawyer. And if you're taking on a unionized position, make sure you understand that you know the rules that apply to you are going to be very different. You're going to have certain rights that non-unionized employees will not have, and you're going to lose certain rights that non-unionized employees will have. So make sure you understand that that trade-off when you start. Um, and uh, I, you know, I can I can tell the 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 pain in our our listener's voice that he you know he wishes he had done something differently. But truth be told, I'm not sure how much he could have done more at the time. It sounds like you went to the the tribunal and and uh, tried to deal with it the best that you can. But uh, this is an important lesson that you you really have to deal with it at the time. You can't wait for these things. Appreciate the call, Salon. Got to move on. We got to Salon one thirty-eight. It is uh, in the afternoon here. Still plenty of time for you to make your phone calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. In the meantime, what you need to know about employment agreements. Uh, these things are not always uh, full and final. Can uh, employment agreements, whether by the employee, which is never suggested, but through an employment lawyer, can they be negotiated? You know, not always, but often they can, and it really comes down to the leverage that you have. So the the example I always use, the, the, the most obvious example is if you're being recruited from somewhere, right? If you are already employed, especially if you've been employed there for a long time, let's say five, ten years uh, or, or longer, and, and a company is trying to bring you over, you may like the job, but before you agree to that job, you need to see what the terms are going to be, and you shouldn't be signing off on anything um, that you're not comfortable with because you already have a job. So if they're recruiting you, use that leverage. Um, and you know, there's there's really no rules about negotiation outside of they have to comply with relevant statutes, of course, right? You can't make a, an agreement that's illegal under the Employment Standards Act or illegal under the Human Rights Code. There are provisions that that would invalidate those. But as long as you don't agree to something illegal 
legal, these things can be negotiated. I've seen termination clauses negotiated to have a formula. Sometimes I've seen negotiate uh, termination clauses negotiated out entirely. This does happen. Yeah. It can be done. So if you think you have the leverage, then speak to us. Let's go through that employment agreement and see what uh, items should be negotiated. And then let's negotiate it because I see it uh, successfully done many, many times. Okay, so you've signed one without advice. Now what? Well, if you sign one without advice, uh, it's not uh, not the end of the world necessarily. Uh, it really depends on what you signed. Even if you sign something with a termination clause, and this is really, really important, even if you have signed an employment agreement with a termination clause, it is always advisable uh, to speak to an employment lawyer about that because there is a very good chance that you can still negotiate your entitlements because what we see as employment lawyers is time and time again employers even very very large organizations will draft these things illegally and the courts will not permit an employer to enforce an illegal termination clause so you have to speak to an employment lawyer if you've been offered a severance package even if I'll say especially if your employer is telling you um, that they are relying on an employment contract. Because if your employer is relying on an employment contract, chances are they're giving you a crummy severance package. So all the reason more uh, to speak to an employment lawyer. We'll take a short break. Anthony, we see you there. We'll get to your phone call and yours as well, 416-870-6400. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, 144. We are back at it. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You can always go online to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a ton of information there. It's free. It's anonymous, but there is a contact button at the top, right, if you want to go through and get a hold of John or a member of the team as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Moving on to uh, to Anthony. Anthony, thanks for standing by. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Yourself? Beauty. We're, uh, we're doing okay. What's uh, What's your concern? Uh, the question is uh, regarding. Uh, I'm on. Let me just give you a backdrop. I'm uh, I'm a, a single dad with sole custody of my two little girls, and uh, I've been employed with the same company for 25 years, and they've been uh, good to me, and they've been accommodating to most of my needs and whatnot. So, as of March break, I've been on a temporary layoff, given you know the situation and kids school and whatnot and i've been collecting serb and mm -hmm. i know from talking to other people that some people are being called back to work and even though it hasn't come to that yet i'm just wondering if i was called back to work and let's just say for the, the reason of my kids and 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 child care i can't go back to work do they have the right to like dismiss me or anything like that yeah, it's a very good question, Anthony. And this is, I think, a very common concern that, that is shared by many people who are going to be called back to work right now. And to answer this question, we really have to look at what the infectious disease leave represents, right? Because if you are asking to remain off work because of your two daughters, uh, when you're called back to work, then essentially what you're being asked, what you're asking for is for family accommodation and you're asking to stay 
on the infectious disease leave. And the key thing to remember here is that it is a collaborative process, right? So your employer has to give you some accommodation, but you also have to participate in trying to find uh, childcare uh, to, uh, and, and supervision for your children. So what the infectious disease leave provision says is that if you are not able to go to work due to daycare closures, so for example, if there is a daycare that is opening right now but only allowing, let's say, 10 children, I don't know how old, you, I know you didn't mention how old your daughters are, let's, let's, let's say it's daycare just, just for example, uh, for illustration, uh, but if, it was, if they were uh, of daycare age and there they is... They are. Right, okay. seven and nine. Seven and... Sorry? Seven, seven and nine. nine. Seven and nine, right. So what you have to look at is, um, are there places um, open that are able to uh, supervise them that you would normally uh, normally have them doing um, over the summer months? And um, are schools going to be open in September? As of now, it looks like they are going to be. Um, so if you are, just as a matter of preference, um, not... Um, uh, not sending uh, your children to places uh, where they can be supervised during this time, where those places are available, then I would say your employer does not have an obligation to accommodate that because that at that point you'll be deemed to not be cooperating. But if you really are in a situation where you have no choice but to stay at home and to supervise your children, either because uh, schools are closed or because um, you know there's just not uh, practical Back child care. Yeah. Right, and childcare or childcare is closed, and it's just not practical uh, to send them there. Uh, then that's a discussion that you should be having with your employer. And I would say expressly, I wouldn't just say I have to stay home because I have children. It's, it, I would explain it in detail. I would do it in writing if you can. Send an email and say, look, here are all yeah. the things that I've been looking at, and I'm left with no choice here, right? And you can't be asked to compromise uh, the safety and well-being of your children to be able to attend your job. Exactly. So if, that's, if that's really the choice you're being faced with, as a result of of circumstances that are really beyond your control and you have and there is as a result of of the current situation as a result of the pandemic there is actually nowhere to send your children for supervision then I would say yeah. you are entitled to that infectious disease leave and you should be telling your employer that uh, it's a completely valid yeah. reason to stay on that leave of absence so just make sure that that you're going at this with an open mind looking at all the options uh -huh. that you have available and take note of all the options that you've looked into and and then when you tell your employer say look here's all the things I have looked into if you have a better idea then I'm all ears, uh, but un unless that's uh, the case, I'm going to have to stay on infectious disease leave. Okay. Makes right. sense. I haven't, it hasn't come to that. I'm just speaking hypothetically because this no, might yeah. be a possible scenario. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay. And, and just, just be, be reassured that there are laws in place to account for these circumstances. Anthony, you need to reach out further at a later time. If it comes down the pike, no problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let me get uh, let get Bill in here quickly before we break. Hi, Bill. Thanks for standing by. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, this is just a point of interest question. Do you remember yep. last week when it was kind of leaked and turned down by Ford that the government was thinking about changing the stat holidays from nine to six for retail nine to three for retail workers. Question is, could they do it, and what would this have meant for retail workers? Well, I, 
I, I don't think there's there's anything that would necessarily be preventing the government from doing that. Uh, if the government makes a law, for example, that a, a business has to shut down completely, which they have done in many cases, then what it means for those workers is they, they really don't have any recourse until the government um, changes uh, their policy and, uh, you know, unenacts or uh, repeals the emergency law that's been uh, in place. So to the extent that they decide to make a rule for reduced hours and those employers have no choice but to change those retail workers' hours, I, I don't think there's any remedy that those workers would have except to wait until that law, you know, there's, you know if there's a sunset clause in that law, that law expires um, or, or is relaxed in some way. So, so that so in, ca- in that case, they would no longer have re- uh, statutory holiday pay, or any pay in overtime sort of pay for those hours they worked. They would no, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't hours. go that far. I mean, they, unless they're amending the Employment Standards Act, those rules are still going to be in place. What's going to change is the hours and potentially the amount of wages they're earning for those hours, oh, okay. which which would change all, which would potentially affect all of those things you just mentioned. But you know, if we're just talking about a law that's going to change the hours of work for retail workers, it's not going to eliminate their other employment standards. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate the call and enjoy the rest of your uh, your Father's Day. We're going to take a short break here, guys, and get right back to it. Still some time for a couple calls. 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. One fifty-four, and it is Sunday. It's a beauty outside, and I uh, got some time here to get to a couple emails. Anytime you want to write through, it doesn't have to be during the show. It can be any time to John or Leor, member of the the crew. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. The number for the firm one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Get to uh, Rashid. Rashid said, guys, I've been asking my employer for a contract for two years, and he won't write one up for me. Are they obligated to do that? Oh, that's perfect timing for that question, because that's what we were discussing today. Exactly. Um, And uh, no, they're not obligated to write an employment contract for you. And depending what you're asking for, you you may actually not want to be asking for an employment contract in the first place. So again, I always make exceptions. Some people want to negotiate lucrative bonuses or or long fixed-term contracts, and, and maybe it is to your benefit. But by and large, typically these are not for your benefit. So Rashid, before you uh, keep asking your employer for that, maybe give us a call and let's make sure you actually want an employment contract in this situation. Now, normally if it's the other way around, if you're midstream like Rashid Rashid is here working already, if they come to him with an employment agreement, he doesn't talk to you, he just goes ahead and signs it, usually without consideration, i.e. he gets something for signing it. It really doesn't hold any legal water. Does it work the other way as well if he goes to them for the employment agreement and he just signs it without getting any sort of bonus? Is it, is it null and void? Yeah, typically it's it's null and void if um, if he doesn't really get a benefit. Now, the, the courts are a little bit more lenient when it's the employee who approaches right. the employer, but they still have to get some kind of benefit. So, for example, there was one case where an employee, uh, this went all the way to court, where an employee negotiated a telecommuting arrangement um, and ended up signing off on a, on a fixed-term termination clause, and the court did enforce that, and part of the court's reasoning for enforcing that is that the employee sought it out. But again, it was because it was because 
because there's actually a benefit there. The telecommuting was a benefit right. to the employee. Uh, but you know, typically what's going to happen is the employer will offer you something in exchange. So if you're working there already, they'll say, hey, here's $500. And again, like I was saying earlier, I think a lot of employees are going to be seeing this in the coming months and the coming years because of the recent change to the law. So really watch out for that. If your employer saying all of a sudden offering you a bonus for a big, long employment contract, uh, you generally should be suspicious of that, and you should absolutely be speaking to an employment lawyer before you sign off on that. Taylor up next. Taylor says, uh, what do I do if my manager is harassing me at work? Well, this is a, a very t a difficult situation, one that many people face. The first thing that you should do is if you have a human resources uh, manager or someone else in management that you can speak to, report it to them, report it to them in writing. Uh, make sure that you have, if you have any witnesses, mention who those witnesses are. If you have any emails that relate to it, share those emails. Let them investigate it. And if they're still refusing to do anything about it, then give us a call and we can write to them and hopefully have them uh, set set things straight. And if they still refuse to do that, then we'll look at your legal options, including potentially pursuing a severance package. That'll pretty much do it for today. We're going to call it a day. You get back out there and enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the rest of your Father's Day and be safe. If you want to move along and get a hold of John or Lior, remember the team, you could do so. Simple one 855 821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca that's the email address we use and of course anytime so handy pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well we'll catch you next time employment law show global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto